Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Truma. With Parshas Truma, we begin the last third of the book of Shmos, the Sefer Geula, and the Ramban says that our true redemption did not come about until we were privileged to construct a Mishkan, a Mikdash, a sanctuary for Hashem, having His Shechina, His presence, dwell in our midst. According to the Sefer Achinuch, there are three mitzvos in this week's parsha, two positive and one restriction. The primary mitzvah being Ba'asuli Mikdash Bishokhanti Bisokham. Make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell in their midst. Now, the obvious question that I think should be reviewed each year is why a sanctuary? We know that Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzvakos, Melo Chol Haaretz Kvodo, God is found literally all over. Why do we need a house for God? And man who has all kinds of needs, man who needs a roof over his head, a man who needs a place to sleep and a place to eat, a man needs a home. God doesn't need anything. Why a house for God? So very possibly that ideally, maybe we didn't. However, the and I will present just as background to this, two different approaches, that of Rashi and that of the Ramban. Now, Rashi tells us that there's a very important yesod of a muktam umuuchar batora. The Torah is not necessarily written in a um, sequential order in terms of how the various incidents occurred. And even though the command of Truma and Tetzava this week and next week's parsha comes before that of Kisisa and the sin of the golden calf, Rashi learns that it's only because the Jewish people made the tragic mistake of uh, worshipping a golden calf when they miscalculated and Moshe did not come down, quote, in time from Har Sinai. They showed that they needed something physical and therefore Hashem basically said, you asked for it, you got it, I will give you the command of a mishkan so that you can have a physical place where you can come regularly, three times a year, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkos, to the base Hamigdash. You can see a greater degree of God's presence as you find in the fifth chapter of Avos, the daily miracles which took place in the Beis Hamigdash, a place where you can come and bring korbanos. So the idea is that, once again, as the Chinuch writes, Achareha Pu'ulos, after one's actions, Nimshachos Halavavos, 
does our commitment come? And therefore, by having a central location, it unifies the Jewish people, it connects us with God, but all this comes as a response to the negative of the golden calf. And therefore, the Torah, in its kindness, rather than give us the incident of the Egel first, and then, as it happened, give us the mitzvah to construct a sanctuary, Hashem puts the mitzvah to build a sanctuary before the chait of the Egel in order to avoid annually egg on our face whereby we'd be reminded that this comes because of that. That is Rashi's approach to the Mishkan. The Ramban has a very different approach, and the Ramban says no, that the Parshios are going in its proper order. We had Yisro, the Ten Commandments. We had Mishpatim last week with the many more civil laws. And now comes the mitzvah of making a sanctuary for God. Why? Says the Ramban. Har Sinai was the place where Hashem communicated Torah to Moshe and the Jewish people. Now that they had to move on, they could not take the mountain with them. So the Mishkan becomes the portable Sinai. It becomes the extension of Har Sinai. And as we find in the beginning of the parsha, where Hashem tells Moshe and the Jewish people to construct a Oron, to construct an ark. And what's going to happen at that Oron? What's going to happen in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? The Torah says, Adati, I will meet with you there. This is in chapter 25, Pasuk 22. Hashem is going to meet Moshe there, and he's going to continue the uh, revelation of continuing teaching Torah to the Jewish people. And therefore, how are we to look upon our synagogue? One, a place that unites Jews. And two, a place where the Jew is taught Torah. Interestingly, in this week's parsha. Moshe becomes not only Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe our teacher, but Moshe becomes the fundraiser. And I'd like to spend a few moments talking about just that, the fundraising, and more specifically, what each and every one of us can do in keeping with the interesting Gemara that we find in Baba Basra, Daftes Amid Aleph, Rabbi Elazar taught, Godol Hamiaser Yoser Minhaoser. When it comes to Tzedakah, greater is the one who causes others 
to give tzedakah even more than the one who actually does it himself. And he bases this on a pasuk in Yeshaya, Perik Lamid Beis, Pasuk Yud Zayin, whereby the pasuk reads, Vayor Ma'asei Hatzdaka Shalom. Literally, it will be that the act of charity will bring peace. What do you mean the act of tzedaka? Ma'asei Hatzdaka. Let it say, as Rashi comments on the Gemara in Bava Basra, let it say that with tzedakah will come peace. What is this ma'asehat tzedakah? So Rashi says, Torah, literally the trouble, the pain of ma'asim ischavrehem, those who inspire and cause others to give charity, this is an especially uh, noble act. Now, this idea of Godol HaMe'aseh, Yoser Mino'oseh, so interestingly, there are those, and the Chofetz Chaim brings this down in his Avas Chesed, Chelek Beis, chapter 16, whereby some want to base it on the Pasuk regarding Tzedaka in Parshas Re'eh, Therefore, Hashem says, I am commanding you, open your hand. That word, Lemor, found in Devarim 15.11, seems to be superfluous. And therefore, what's the Lemor? Tell others. And one more proof to this concept that when you cause others to do it, it is literally your doing as well. It's ascribed and attributed to you. The Gemara in Sanhedrin 99b says in the name of Rabbi Abuhu, whoever gets the next one to do a Dvar Mitzvah, the Torah looks upon it as if you did that mitzvah. As it says at the end of Bishalach, right before Moshe goes and hits the rock as instructed by Hashem. With Hashem tells him to take the staff. The staff with which you struck the river. Wait a second. Asks the Gemara. Did Moshe hit the river when it came to the first three of the plagues? Blood, frogs, and the lice. It didn't come from Moshe. Aaron is the one that hit the river. Ella, Lomalach. It comes to teach us, the one who literally gets the next one, encourages, teaches, tells. And in this case here, Moshe instructs Aaron to hit the water. The Torah looks upon it literally as if Moshe himself had done it. Now, why might this be so? especially regarding tzedakah, <clears throat> that there is this very significant uh, aspect of me'aseh, of getting others to do the act of tzedakah. So the shalah 
Ruch, in his commentary on the Gemara Megillah, writes that the one who donates himself can only give what he can afford. But the one who gets others to give is able to clearly collect from that many more. So it's a very practical thing. However, in the Sefer, Me'il Tzedakah, he writes very powerfully that by you going and collecting money on behalf of a needy individual, you are saving that person from the embarrassment, from the humiliation that he would have to do to gather it and get the money for himself. But let's move on. Moreover, when the poor person whom you don't know comes to the door, so you would not necessarily, the donor, feel compelled to give a more sizable donation. After all, you don't know him, and even if you do. However, if the individual that comes and asks you for the money is somebody that you know, you are going to be embarrassed unless you give in accordance with your ability. So it's a very practical thing that you're going to very often get more money by you going uh, rather than the individual himself. And the Chafetz Chaim in his Sefer, Avas Chesed, writes the following, that the one who uh, is the Ose, the one who gives the charity, he does Chesed kindness with his money. The Me'ase, the one who is collecting it, is doing the chesed begufo with his body, which is even a higher form of a performance of a mitzvah. And finally, the Lev Eliyahu, Rebelio Lapian, gives three basic reasons for this halacha, and he says, number one, you are mizakeh esharabim. You are literally... Uh, providing others with the opportunity to perform a mitzvah. Secondly, the idea is that <clears throat> you, the collector, very often you are misbazeh. You are humiliated by having to go around and collect the charity. And finally, the one who gives the charity, he's giving of his money. The one that's collecting is giving of his time. So these are many, many reasons for this concept that not only are all Israel responsible one for another, but the idea is that so important that we get involved. Now lest anybody say, me, how can I go collecting for money? I'm just going to suggest very quickly a few areas whereby we can be the ma'aseh, mi'aseh. We can cause others to do uh, the <coughs> the action. <coughs> There's a shear in town. Publicize it. By you publicizing the shear, letting other people know, then what you are doing is enabling other people to go. I was in Israel, and it's taking off in various buildings where they have elevators. Somebody puts 
once a week and changes it, a dvar halacha. Just think, so that when you're riding in the elevator, wow, you learn something. You are teaching others by so doing. I can't give a class, but you know what I can do? I can donate svarim to the local synagogue. And by donating books to the synagogue, which are going to be used by others, I am being mezakeh them with Talmud Torah. You can not only go yourself to visit the sick, but organize others to go at different times to visit shut-ins. And this is kol ha-mi'aseh. Once again, <clears throat> getting others to do it is the wonderful opportunity of not only spreading the wealth, giving these persons more visitors, but you're increasing your visitation by their going. Greet newcomers to the Beis HaKnesses. By you going out and greeting them, you're going to oftentimes give them that necessary push to come back. They weren't sure if they should come in the first place. You're being there with the uh, uh, wonderful, warm greeting, making them feel at home, if need be, standing next to them, showing them the place, etc. And finally, you're, you and your chavrusa, don't learn in your home, learn in the shul, and you learn a half an hour, 45 minutes before myriv. Somebody else comes to shul early, sees you learning, you're going to give them that wonderful example of kol ha-mi'aseh. So this week's parasha, as we spoke, Asuli Mikdash, bringing literally God into our community through the Beis HaMikdash. And now today, through, till we have the next Beis HaMikdash, through our synagogues, may it motivate us as well to emulate the ways of Moshe Rabbeinu, the one who gets others to do it. It's even Yoser Mino Oser. Shabbat Shalom to all.